Hi, welcome to episode 11 of ThriftyCast. This is Eric. And Kathleen. And uh, today's episode is all about uh, the Salvation Army. Cool. But let's start. Find of the week? Yeah. Do you have something in mind? I do. Okay. Do you want to go first? Okay. You go. Uh, I got, and it doesn't seem like much, but I got this little white rectangular planter. Um, The reason why this is the find of the week is that it solves a problem that I've been struggling with for a long time. I want window boxes in my apartment. The thing is, there's no real way to secure them. I live in a third floor apartment, and outside of my windows, there's just about, I don't know, maybe four inches of concrete that juts out, and it's at a slight uh, incline, like it slopes down. Yeah, so water. Exactly. Goes down. Exactly. So, and I, I want, I have wanted all season window boxes and um, I've been trying to figure out like, oh, how can I secure them because I can't really run a, I don't want to run a band inside and there's nothing to really secure them with. And finally I figured out like rectangular planners mm-hmm. fit perfectly on that little ledge and it's great. It just solves this problem that I've been struggling with. And it was just trial and error, right? You bought it. Did you buy it knowing it was going to go there, or did you buy it because you liked it, and then you found a spot for it? Um, I had hoped when I saw it in the store, I thought, oh, maybe I could use this and just you know set it on that um, little concrete ledge, and hopefully mm-hmm. it's not enough of a slope where it won't be a problem. And sure enough, it fit out there beautifully. And I got, I went to the Home Depot, and I got a couple of pots of chrysanthemums. For uh, it was like a buck eighty four each, and two fit perfectly in that planner. So I've got that sitting outside the window. And what I really like about this is now I'm on a quest to find planners of roughly the same size. And what about color? Do you care about color? You know, I was thinking about this one. I got is like this. Uh, it's matte finish, mm-hmm. kind of an off white. I'm thinking I'd like to just do pastels. Hmm. You know, just like softer, different colors. Um, and really, at this point, I mean, right now it's, you know, we're coming to the end of August, you know, end of growing season. So, um... Well, you could do some of those <clears throat> ornamental cabbages for the fall. There you go. Have you seen those? <laughs> those oh. always weird me out. Yeah. Okay, the next time, well, it's going to be a month or so, but as soon as I see ornamental cabbages, I'm going to point them out. Are they edible? I don't know. I think we're going to have to do some research. Right. Huh. But now, over the course of the winter, I know what to look for. What to look for to kind of round out my front windows, and I've probably got space for. I've got three windows in my front room, so I'm thinking I've got room for two at each. Um, and I'm thinking next year it gets a lot of it's uh, south facing. It gets mm-hmm. a lot of light, so I'm thinking I could do herbs. I could do. I'm hoping to do some catnip actually for a little something special for the cat. Oh, or some pet grass. Oh, yeah. The problem is it's sitting right outside the window, and the windows are open. Yeah. And I've already <laughs> caught one of my cats oh. plastered to a screen. <laughs> so, you know, you got to be kind of careful. But that's my find of the week. Yeah. I actually, I'm going to go with two finds of the week. Is that okay? Hey, will you take a picture of your find of the week? Because I think I'm the only one taking pictures of them. Though we did have a, um, a listener take a picture of a great bracelet. I was so yeah. excited. Um, I'm so sorry I can't think of your name right now, but it was a great, great thing. Um, but I keep taking pictures and Eric, you don't, so please do. It's a deal. Um, two finds of the week. Okay, the first one is a book. Eric, it's over there. Could you pass it to me? Sure. 
Um, it is called Letter Writing, and it's a really pretty book um, by Morton. And it has all sorts of samples of letters, suggestions, precepts, and examples for the conduct of business and social correspondence, 1910. Ooh. It's just pretty as all get out. Actually, it's 1894 is the copyright, and the version is from um, 1910. But it literally has, like, on one page, it has how to order um, things from your grocer. Like <laughs> how to make a formal letter Ooh. where you request a pound of best oolong tea, seven pounds of granulated sugar. Whoa. That's when you were doing some baking. Yeah, different time. One pineapple cheese. Large size. Hmm. Three cans French peas, two boxes best sardines, one two pound box gram wafers, and then it goes on from there. But it's just, it's a really pretty book. It was like 49 cents at the village, and I just thought it was charming. Is um, there actually anything in there that's useful for the here and now in terms of letter writing? <laughs> um, or is it more a nostalgic? Time passed. Um, number 16 is from a laundress to her employer. Oh, okay. I'm sorry to say that on account of the bad weather every day this week, I have not been able to get your washing dried until today, and it will not be possible for me to do all of the ironing in time to send it home tonight. Also, Respectfully, Sarah Johnson. Also, I was trapped in a fire because there are no unions. <laughs> but, <laughs> but they have structures. I love this bit of advice. Never write a letter when excited or angry. Sleep over the subject, and though your candid views may remain unchanged tomorrow, your manner of writing them will be more discreet when a cooler head dictates the language. That is so good that's advice. That's useful. That's yeah. good. Just stick email in there, and uh, that is topical. Yeah. So oh, it's just, it's, yeah. It's really pretty. I'll take a picture of it, but it's a, a cute little book. And um, my other find of the week is our three pieces of fabric that I bought at the Unique on 95th. Mm-hmm. Well, at 95th the other day. They were less than $2 altogether. And they're just like pieces of floral fabric. Again, I'll take a picture because they're kind of hard to describe. Vaguely quiltish fabrics or skirts or house dresses. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but they have a really charming old, I don't know, maybe 50s quality hmm. to them. I don't know. What do you think? But they were just really pretty. I don't know what I'm going to do with them yet, but I'm going to do something. It's going to be great. So, maybe 60s. Maybe 60s. I'm going to go 50s, but yeah. it could be 60s. Um, but yeah, I really liked them. And like I said, less than $2 for all three pieces. Does it make you want to experiment a little more with the quilting? It does. And I'm ashamed to say I have not done a damn thing with that. Yeah. It's hard. Something like yeah. that is really hard to get started because you know it's going to take trial and error, especially if you have material that you like. You know, you don't want to... Yeah, you I don't know. Wanna I know. Ruin anything. But it's really pretty, and I was excited to find it. You don't find a lot of fabric like this. I find a lot of stretchy, double weave polyesters that I think I had made into pants when I was little, but hmm. not this. So your nineteen seventies Baskin Robbins orange <laughs> uniform with brown. Um, I didn't work at that Baskin Robbins in the seventies. <laughs> Dude, it was the eighties. There were child labor laws. I Unlike had pink when your stretch pants when oh. I worked. Pink actually they were stirrup pants. Oh. But I was too cool to wear them all the way over my feet as stirrups. Yeah. Okay, the Salvation Army. 
right? Mm-hmm. I did a little bit of research into this. Hey, can I ask what prompted you to pick this as a topic and want to research it? Yeah, I was just curious about, you know, a few weeks ago on one of our shows, we were talking about different charities and what's going on with them. And really the research I did was just about the history. Because I was wondering, like, you know, when did the Salvation Army think, hey, thrift stores, like, why don't, why don't we do that? And, and so I just did some Wikipedia and Salvation Army sites. Cool, I was just curious. Yeah. Um, there was a guy named Booth, I think William Booth. Um, he founded what would become the Salvation Army in, uh, 1865. Um, he was in London. Okay. Where there was no reconstruction going on from the Civil War. <laughs> and, uh, basically what he noticed was that, um, really poor people couldn't or didn't really have a place in regular churches because when people you know people with means or right or, or people with bad clothes oh, you know yeah. basically showing up in churches mm-hmm. you know they they wouldn't be welcome so his um goal was to open up a church that would be specifically for poor people and he was kind of laughed at in his day. Like, you know, people really didn't um, appreciate him very much. And he, he was uh, really wanted to be an orator and, and a minister, and he was in an established church. I think it was the Methodist Church, maybe. And um, just didn't fit in really well there. So he ended up sort of founding his own church. And in, um, I want to say it was the 1880s, his son, who was also involved in the church, he, they sent out a newsletter that... Um, <clears throat> referred to the workers or the the ministers in the salvation in the in their ministry referred to them as volunteer workers and the son didn't like that because he didn't see himself as a volunteer Mm -hmm. he saw himself as somebody who was called by god and that that was his vocation so in a fit of divaness crossed out in this (laughs) newsletter crossed out volunteer army and wrote in salvation that's how it got its name and apparently from the very very early days of the church one of the things he did to help people find work is uh these public reclamation projects so really while booth was still alive and he was alive i want to say until like the 1910 something like that i forget uh but basically very early on in london they started uh just going door to door to collect people's things to sell them and what's interesting, in the language of the time, he basically said, you know, these things are good and still have use, and they shouldn't be garbage. Mm-hmm. So he's talking about, you know, reusing, recycling. And uh, from those very early days, they actually did thrift store stuff. And the... Uh, I, just not to interrupt you, but it's mm-hmm. really surprising and weird to think of people getting rid of things at that time. Especially things that would have any use left in them. Yeah, I mean, I know that's that's pre-depression, but mm-hmm. just everything you hear is that people were so thrifty and people used stuff until it was trash. Yeah. I mean, until you just couldn't use it anymore. Right. Like within your own family or mm-hmm. your own probably block or neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. I, want, I mean, maybe just going to wealthy neighborhoods, it was easier, or, or maybe people were already donating things other places and he just sort of mm-hmm. got them to no- donate to him right i don't know that's just i'm curious or they were so much 
thriftier and reuse things so much better than we do. You know, like mm -hmm. a piece of furniture would be completely, completely unusable, but then they would salvage it for the wood yeah. and figure out what to do with the wood. Mm -hmm. um, you know, who knows? And maybe it's just a, I don't, I don't know if stereotypes the right word, but maybe it's a misconception that people really, Yeah. I mean, obviously they couldn't be as sort of rampant consumerist and throw things away as we are in 21st century United States. But, I don't know. I mean, yeah. it's kind of interesting to think about. Um, I just think about, you know, like the 20s and 30s, the stuff they must have had in those thrift stores. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, was it from like the 1870s? <laughs> what, right, right. What was it? I mean, you know it wasn't like the amazing onion blossom. Right. So, like, what? Right. The Did you artery. wonder what the, fad, <laughs> what the fads were? You know, no pet rocks, no whatever. Like but. Lindy Hop albums in books. <laughs> all those kinds of things. Which really, every once in a while, would surface in thrifts now. But I mean, even even people who were avid thrifters in the 80s just get so despondent when they look at what's in thrifts now. You know? Yep. And I've got to say, I get kind of nostalgic for even the Early 90s. Early thrifting days, I yeah. know, I know. Yeah, even the early 90s and... Oh, if I knew how to thrift and what I was looking for and the diligence that it takes, like when I was in high school, I wish I'd been that guy. Yeah. So, uh, so that's basically where the Salvation Army came from. They uh, started up as a ministry in the United States in, uh, you want to say like 1881, something like that, 1880s, and have been around ever since. Their thrift stores actually have become part of the, um, they call them ARCs, adult rehab centers, mm -hmm. ARCs, and uh, a lot of the purpose in addition to, you know, raising money and things of that sort is to um, give people employment. Uh, based on what I found online, they were talking about the fact that a lot of the employment stuff is for, um, like, substance abuse recovery. A lot of it's, you know, people getting jobs from that and mm -hmm. from incarceration. Um, Which is so critical, I mean, to find places where people can work in a job that's like an easy way to start mm -hmm. <laughs> um you know and can kind of get entry into the the job force or mm -hmm. the workforce the job world get a decent reference if they've done a good job yeah. you know i mean that's that's not easy right there are a lot of programs i think now that are really targeting people who especially yeah. felonies because right. that limits where you can work sometimes sure. and um substance abuse yeah it's huge it is, yeah. Yeah. The Salvation Army and Union, the one that you've never been to, the really big one, mm -hmm. actually butts, I mean literally butts, uh -huh. <laughs> up against on the next block um, a residence, the Salvation Army residence for men. Hmm. And it's really nice. They have in front of the residence, um, it's not a U-Haul, but it's kind of like a U-Haul, mm -hmm. and they have somebody out there who staffs it during regular hours. And it's always a he, so I, that's why I think it's a men's residence. He has receipts. He, um, If you pull up with stuff, he will help you get it out of your car and put it cheerfully. I mean, they've <laughs> always been really nice. Mm -hmm. You know, put it in the, the U-Haul and we'll give you a receipt for their stuff and they thank you really nicely. So again, I mean, I think kind of a, yeah. a first step towards jobs. One of the things that I've noticed about the Salvation Army, too, is that they tend to be better staffed. They do have a lot of people. Then That's a threats. really good point. Yeah. <laughs> the Salvation Army that I go to a lot because it's right in my neighborhood. It's on Devon in Chicago, so way up north on the north side. It's uh, 
you know, they've always got a few people working in the back. You always hear kind of a commotion going on back there where people are sorting through things. They've got at least two people out shelving and at least two people either working the registers or waiting to work the registers up in the front. Which I appreciate considering we stopped at a few thrift stores tonight just to kind of get us going before this. And we wa- the only one that we actually had stuff in our hands, mm-hmm. we walked out because the line, we each only had one thing. Mm-hmm. We weren't that excited about it. And the line was just bad. Yeah. People with lots of stuff and one cashier. Right. And that's another of those private for-profit thrift stores mm-hmm. that somehow are tied to some charity. Purple Hearts, I think. Yeah. They're, they're veteran-related. So is Unique. They make a donation. Right. I Well, I don't know. Like, you you always hear about people donating to AMVETS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, that's Purple Hearts. They come up. Like, people leave mm-hmm. stuff on their porch, and mm-hmm. they'll come up and pick it up. Yeah. And they also, I know the private ones also accept donations, but the Salvation Army, I have to say the Salvation Army is where I tend to take my stuff most of the time. Like if I've got a donation, I'm more likely to to drop it off at the Salvation Army only because it's really close. It's really convenient. And you know, with their vocational programs and things like that, it does feel really good to support them. And out of all the thrift stores around, I have to say I tend to like Salvation Army's pricing best. I agree. Yeah. I tend to drop stuff off either at Brown Elephant, Mm -hmm. where I don't really like their pricing. At all. I think they're overpriced. However, I like their mission. Yeah. Um, Services to the gay, lesbian, transgendered community, a lot of HIV services. They have free condoms at the counter. I mean, that's two-stop shopping. Mm -hmm. Which are not donated. No, they're not. They're not. Um, they come from their sort of larger mission work. Um, I like that. The only problem is they are not easy to park mm-hmm. in front of, so it's always a hassle to drop stuff off. So it's kind of a debate. Salvation Army, like I said, that guy helps you with your stuff. Yeah. It is really easy. Um, and they do tend to be, well, Village tends to be a little cheaper sometimes. but Than Salvation Army? I think. Oh, I haven't had that experience. I always find that Salvation Armies tend to have the most reasonable prices and if I'm going to find something that's amazing it's at Salvation Army yeah actually Salvation Army (laughs) Eric found for me a cobalt blue really big Fiesta platter Mm -hmm. um, old you know some little like glazed flaws $1.39 on Saturday I mean that that should have been fine to the week Kind of bad. I'll just take a picture of that too. What the hell? Um, But I mean, you're right. That's an amazing price. That Mm -hmm. is better than you pay for a crappy plate at Unique. Right. Well, yeah, the the prices are great, but I I don't know. I I don't think you would find a uh, an old antique Fiesta anything at any other store than a Salvation Army. That's not true. Really? Remember that green, the green Timmy toss. Oh, right, right, Which right, right. you found one part, I found the other part. That was unique, and that was really cheap. Though that was very rare. Yeah. But, I mean, I know that you've gotten, you got like an ivory serving bowl. That was Salvation Army. Mm-hmm. You've gotten, uh, it was a great, uh, like, chartreuse creamer. That was, and sugar bowl. That sugar was bowl. Salvation Army. That was Salvation Army. I got a forest green large plate, kind of like the one that was found the other day, that was the big unique on the south side. Oh, wow. I mean, there have been a few. Yeah. Yeah, I just think the the bulk of the really great 
like treasury kinds of stuff. I find not the like, oh, it's a latch hook kit of a sleepy lion. You know that that you can find <laughs> that you can find anywhere. It's the um, Art Deco pitcher. Uh, the uh, just the oh, I got like a very very early edition of um, of Mice and Men, mm-hmm. Steinbeck's of Mice and Men. Look, I really like forties great printing, no dust jacket, but just gorgeous copy. I got that at the Salvation Army around sixty third and Kedzie on sixty third Street, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know. I always I feel luckier at Salvation Army. Yeah, I really like that one we went to on Saturday. I like that one. Mm-hmm. Actually, both of those. We went to two on Saturday. Two Salvation Armies? Mm-hmm. Which ones? We went to the first one across from the Mexican restaurant. I always forget what street that is. 63rd? Oh, that's 63rd, yeah. Okay, so on 63rd. And then we went to the one by the L-Tracks on Western. Oh, right, 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 right. That's where the Fiesta Platter came from. Yes. Those two are, are frequent stops. Mm-hmm. You stop at the one on Devon a lot. Yeah. Um, I stop at the one on Union sometimes because it's on my way home. The one on Clybourne is scary. Yeah. The little one on Montrose is really little. Right. And I've had a couple good finds there, but mm-hmm. not, including that little white chalkware sailor mm-hmm. with like a little bit of glitter on him. Oh, yeah. He's pretty charming. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, he's right up there. Yeah. He's a sassy little sailor. Mm-hmm. Um, and some good books, but not a lot. Yeah. I'm trying to think of which other, well, what the, other Salvation Armies there are. And I was going to say, I mean, this kind of points to the fact the other great thing about Salvation Armies is that it's consistent no matter where you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, from what I was able to pull up on the internet, it looks like they have regions. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, when I Googled it, you know how it comes up with like the most popular and most referred yeah. to website? Apparently, Ontario, Canada is just a hotbed of Salvation Army goodness. Oh my God. I wonder if they have different stuff in Canadian thrifts. Do we have anybody listening in Canada? Yeah. We do. Yes. We do. Quote, quote woman. Yeah. And I'm um, kind of wondering. Let us know. We're really curious. Yeah. Quote woman. Oh my God. That's embarrassing. I should <laughs> so remember your name. I really apologize. It's hard. It's we're tacky. We're at, we're at Kathleen's. I have no internet. No internet. Sorry. Only on my phone. You're Amish. It takes a really long time. No internet. No TV. No lights on right now. I mean, I have lights. I have electricity. <laughs> now you're just bragging. <laughs> I don't turn my own butter or anything. Um, yeah, do you want to say anything else in this like little love note to the Salvation Army? Uh, again, I just I love the fact that they're everywhere. I love that they are cheap. But it's yes. time for the Salvation Army. The dark underbelly. Of the big butt. Here's the... <laughs> The underbelly and the big butt. Yeah. Oh, God. And when you mix metaphors, mm. people can get hurt. Yeah. The uh, And who gets hurt, Eric? <laughs> um, Democrats, that's who, because <laughs> in uh, early in George Bush's administration, like pre-9-11 George Bush II administration, he... It, it's hard to remember this because, you know, 9-11 just eclipsed everything, but he was really... Um, into faith-based initiatives. Yeah, he I wanted. That. Yeah, he wanted to take public. Uh, he wanted to take social services out of the public sector <coughs> and put them in the hands of um, usually God. faith-based, God-loving, churchy groups. And 
um, faith-based agencies do a tremendous amount of incredible, incredible work. I got no problem with that. Um, But there was an exchange in memo form between George Bush and the Salvation Army, and the way it was interpreted early on Mm -hmm. was that uh, the Salvation Army was basically saying, like, um, yeah, we'll take your federal money to provide these services. Um, we don't really want gays. Not the gays, yeah. Yeah, we don't want gays and around or anything like that. Um, again, according to the research I did online, it sounds like what they were really saying is, you know, it's part of our church that we will not have gay people as clergy, and we don't want to have to provide same-sex benefits. You know what I mean? Like health insurance, extend mm-hmm. health insurance to same-sex partners, uh, which is a financial thing. Per that. Sure, it's just a financial sure. thing. Sure. <laughs> um, and if we let all the gays be ministers, it would be too expensive. I don't... I, uh, yeah. Um, and basically, you know, they ended up with the Bush administration's... They got a waiver, yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> they, got, they got a big green light on, on doing that. So... You know, it's, um, they do a tremendous amount of good work. Well, I mean, helping people who are incarcerated and have substance abuse problems and, you know, yeah, yeah, it's hard to sort of weigh those things. Right. Um, you know, knowing that it's, it's difficult knowing that they carry some very, very old prejudices. Mm -hmm. So that's really difficult. It's, you know, I don't, I don't feel like that's, that's quite enough to keep me from, supporting them only because I love their stuff. <laughs> Goodbye, well, morals. And I feel like I've had really good individual experiences with people working in the stores. Mm-hmm. Do you remember on my birthday, we went to that one on Western. I got those paint-by-numbers. Mm-hmm. That woman gave me a dollar. Do you, you were sort of outside, I think, maybe. Oh, smoking. yes. Yeah. But I, I was trying, I didn't have a lot of money on me, and I was, like, just trying to fumble for change. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I could have been out to the car. And she was like, no, no, I have it. And I, I mean, it was the wor- woman working at the Salvation Army. I felt terrible mm-hmm. um, that she did that. But, I mean, that was just such a kind thing. And she was so generous the way she did it. Right. So, I mean, I've just, I've had really nice experiences with people there. And when stuff like that happens, I just feel compelled to keep going back yeah. to support them. Yeah. So that's the Salvation Army. We're curious to hear, if you're from Canada especially, um, and anywhere else. What's your Salvation Army scene like? Do you have a couple? Um, do you have one you really like? Have you gotten any great finds there? We love your pictures. Um, anything like that. Do you not shop at the Salvation Army because some of the things we talked about? Do you have any other stores you don't go to? Because for some reason they have a political or a religious or something view. Um, We're curious to hear. And you can let us know your opinions and share your pictures. Um, Well, the first way would be thriftycast at hotmail.com. That's our email address. We are also on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And you can find us at thriftycast. Yeah, all you um, have to do is go on Facebook with your account and hit ThriftyCast. And, and become our friend. Yep. Um, and on there we have some pictures of finds of the week. We have just some random things every now and again. We're still trying to figure out, I think, exactly how we use it um, mm-hmm. and make it interesting. But we would love to hear from you. Um, 
We did get an email that we wanted to talk about, and we're kind of unprepared to do that now mm -hmm. that I'm looking at you, and I feel bad. So maybe we'll mention that it's a teaser. We'll talk more about the email next time, like, you know, with a name. But we had a very nice email from somebody with some really good suggestions for future topics. Topics, yeah. Um, I know one of them. I love getting topic suggestions. It really is nice. Um, it helps us kind of jog. I say jog our memories, but that's not right. It, right. it just kind of gets us thinking about different things. Excellent. So, uh, again, this was episode 11 of Thrifty Cast, all about the Salvation Army. Thanks for listening. Have a good night.